0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Socially Distanced Podcast. My name is Al Manarino. I'm the managing editor of ThePopBreak.com. With me, as always, the man who tells me what episode number it is, because I always forget, is the editor-in-chief of ThePopBreak.com, Mr. Bill Botkin, who's currently looking up what episode number it is.
1: <laughs> Bill, what's uh, up? I don't know when we're going to publish this episode. So That's true. It's, so it's going to be like a really different sound. I'll be like, we're an episode blank and then yes. well, like I'd left it blank so we like, should
0: edit it in. We'll make our editor who hates us edit it in you know at that, some point. You know, that's,
1: but that's why very
0: very special episode this week. Uh we are not talking about Obi-Wan or any other Disney related property um because they still haven't paid us and we're we're waiting for that. They never they never, never will. No. Never. No, does. but we do have an actual friend of the show returning. Um uh, someone who I mean, I got to meet in person for the first time this year, which was great—or technically second time. We'll get into that as well. Um, but yeah, someone who was very early on in the show and has not returned because he's uh, one of the busiest men I've ever met, um, and one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. Literally, one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. Uh, it's Tommy Siegel. Tommy, welcome back.
1: Yo, how's it going, Al? How's it going, Bill? It's good oh, to see okay. you guys. It's been since August of 2020, and yeah, my oh my, not just in your life, but you know, the world, a couple things happened since then. Um, How have you been holding up, man?
2: I'm good. You know, it's funny, like, that feels very recent to me, and I don't know what that says about the nature of time in this sort of pandemic and post-pandemic era, but that that all feels incredibly recent to me. So um, it's good to see you guys again. It does not feel like it has been that long.
1: Because so yeah, we talked, we talked about that on our episode about how time. You're like, well, you know, you're like, you were at the time when we we you had you were talked about how you were taking, you were like an uncle dad to your your sister's kids, and that felt like a year ago, but it was only three months before. And I, I made a joke. I'm like, it's early August. It'll be Christmas before we know it. And yeah, it doesn't feel like almost two years ago that we talked. Yeah. To you. It does feel a lot more recent.
0: Oh man, we, we were literally 21. You were the 21st episode of our podcast. We are now past 100. Wow, uh, congratulations! Thank you, thank you so much. We did the dumbest thing on our 100th episode. The uh, we had like 20 people talk about how great the movie Moneyball is. That's
1: literally, <laughs> <laughs> the best part about um, it was Al was not here for the recording of it because we forgot he had to shoot a concert that day. So I had like an hour's worth of sleep and interviewed yep. like seven people. And Al came back from the concert and interviewed another five people, yep. and somehow made it happen. And <laughs> it so great, much, great show though. It was a great show. So much happier that you're here on time. We're both yes. here. This will be a lot smoother.
2: <laughs> <laughs> great.
0: great. So, so in the span of like eighty to ninety episodes or two years, as normal people uh, actually talk about the passing of time. You've put out two records, two books, and started touring again, and then have, you know, continued your your uh, cartooning career uh, via Patreon and your social media channels. Uh, so my first question for you is, did I miss anything? Like, was there anything <laughs> that I missed? <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> no, no, it's funny when you, no, when you say it like that, it makes it sound like I've been very hard at work, but um I I don't feel like I've been very hard at work. I think I had a lot of material backed up that it was just, it nicely bottlenecked into a few different releases during the pandemic. Um, So yeah, now I'm just trying to, I'm now I'm more in the process of, um, you know, just having put out a record with Jukebox the Ghost, you know, five days ago, um, kind of soaking that in. And there's that little voice in the back of my brain going, like, yeah, but what's next? What's next? What's next? You know,
0: I think that's how you felt the last time we spoke too. Oh yeah. God, the worst. <laughs> we, well, we have to talk about um, the Cheers, the the latest release from Jukebox the Ghost. Uh, and for those who listen to the podcast have not listened to this band yet, shame on you. Jukebox is incredible. Um, and this is number is this seven now? What what's the what what number we have on the? On the... I,
2: I I think it's technically. I think it's technically album 6. It's sh- okay. I feel like it should be 7 but it's 6.
0: Okay, 6. Yeah. So, 6 studio album. Um what, what when how like let's let's like dive into it. I I'll, I'll let you kind of, you know, lead the conversation since Bill and I are ter- terrible at this, but when did the first like rumblings of like let's work on a new record and what is the kind of concept what's it going to be? When did that start?
2: Um, so I guess, uh, we started working on it in early 2020, I would say like February, 2020. Yes. Um, we actually, um, where I am zooming from right now, which is our, our studio that we built in kind of a shed, uh, behind my bandmates apartment building, um, and We just it was this like I think like a therapist's office or something that was it was being like sort of semi-legally used as a, a therapist office, just one room with a bathroom. Um, not huge, and we just kind of decided to outfit it as a studio, put up some soundproofing stuff, but um, you know, mostly just like the bare the bare bones are in here. We've got a piano, uh, we've got a drum kit, we've got some electric guitar amps, a handful of guitars, and we've got some uad gear um just digital stuff there's no outboard gear and um we start so we started working on the record pretty seriously in february of 2020 and then um we all know what happened in march of 2020 um so things kind of got put on pause for a minute uh we regrouped that fall and um you know it it turned out that the studio at first we were like maybe we were idiots to build this studio. Like it's this pandemic. Like we can't even really work that often in here because we were all living in different places. Um, But that fall, we all kind of regrouped and the studio turned out to be this amazing blessing because we could just hole up in here together and work day after day after day with no distractions and no budget. Like there was no, Overhead, So it just meant that we could just keep chipping away at song after song after song after song. Um, so we just, we recorded a ton of music in this room during the pandemic. Um, and the sessions just kept getting more and more fruitful as they went on. I think, you know, partially because there was like, there was no tour coming up. There was no pressure to have a radio single. There was no industry pressure of any kind. So it was just like really back to basics um for the three of us just hanging out making music um and yeah the deeper we went in the more um I don't know the some of my favorite stuff happened like right towards the end so I'm really excited that we have this space because it just sort of means that we can um keep making records uh on our own time at our own speed not have to worry about you know, paying somebody by the hour or paying a studio by the day, which can get really expensive, really fast. Um, So yeah, all of a sudden we're in control and we're good enough engineers as individuals and producers that um, we can make our records totally in house. Um, So
0: really liberating, really fun. That's incredible. And, you know, speaking of kind of, you know, things that you maybe discovered later towards the end of the recording and everything, how, when did uh, Andrew McMahon, when did when did he uh, come into play in terms of uh, being on one of your songs that that one happened before
2: the pandemic even came to be? Um, I guess we finished it during the pandemic, but um, Ben and Andrew had written that song together on like a songwriting session in California oh, awesome. a couple of years ago. Um and we knew we wanted to record it for the record. And, uh, you know, we had hoped to kind of all be in the studio at the same time at some point. But it, it it turned out that it was just we recorded our parts as Jukebox in New York and he recorded his vocals in California and we put it together through email. But, um, yeah, really, really stoked how that one came out and fun to collaborate with him. We toured with his old band, Jack's Mannequin, um, about a decade ago.
0: I've seen I probably was there. <laughs> I saw that nice. like a
1: decade ago.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome yeah. Um, yeah we love him he's a great guy
0: it's yeah
1: wild Before, that, it's wild that it. you you were talking about you're just like hey we took like this like you know street therapists like you know sh- on the dl like office turned it in, and you're like oh we just threw a couple things together because i listened to the record in my on my at my job and you know because this is my full-time job i wish it was but it it's sound it's it's so masterfully produced it's so tight it's so excellent like and you're just kind of like, oh, you know, it was like, you're just like, it was a Sunday. We just, we just did a thing together. Like, <laughs> about, well, because talk about like where the, because I always, you always hear about bands self-producing, but there's always, there's a dude there who's mastering doing other stuff. But you talked about, you guys are good enough engineers. Like talk about where that experience came in and how much of a challenge it was to, to do that as opposed to, you know, the traditional way of doing it. Cause a lot of people say they can do it and the results uh, usually suck.
2: Well, so I mean I should give a I, I should give a lot of credit here to Ben um who is really, you know, this the studio is right near his apartment, so it's kind of his his baby and his pet project and uh you know, he he's just he really rigged up a system here where we can get great sounds with like very little effort. I mean, I'm also just I'm just kind of flabbergasted by where we are technologically like with music software and and just like digital gear. I mean, 10 years ago, none of this would have even been possible and it would have been prohibitively expensive. So um it's kind of this m- miracle to me that somehow we can get a good drum sound in this room. So good. Like it's ridiculous because yeah, I think the drums sound great. And um, I I would not have thought that you could get it in a room like this. It's not really particularly well treated. Um, I don't know, just the digital gear has gotten really good i think like uad stuff is awesome again we're not using any outboard gear of or you know hardware of any kind i mean we're just running through an apollo and using um uad plugins and running into logic and just recording it ourselves and uh i don't know the times have changed you know like uh even a lot of the guitar parts we have amps here but i ended up using um you know, digital amp modelers like on a number of tracks just because I could get them to sound better. So it's a very strange era that we're living in, and um, yeah, it's it's really exciting and also terrifying
0: at the same time. I was going to say, is it hard to find that trans um, to translate it to the live show after doing it through all the the wizardry of uh, of the, like you know Logic and everything like that? Yeah, it was I, I I don't think so. We're kind of learning.
2: We're, we're, we're in the process of learning the record for the last week like how to how are we gonna do this on stage and um it's proving to be actually like pretty pretty doable we can um today we did like a full playthrough of the whole record um and i, I think we could pull it off we you know there's there's a little bit of juggling involved
0: yeah i um, say that i say that because i mean you guys are one of my favorite bands to see live like i'll i'll try to see you guys when you're touring, not just because me and you uh, are friendly now, but at the same time, like you guys are just such a great band to see live, to hear that sound, um, yes, man. what, thank you. Uh, no problem. And then, you know, uh, you know, Hollow Queen aside is just like you guys put everything on stage every single time. Um, you know, does it, is it not that it's changed or anything like that, but you know, you, you guys have been post- posting a lot of, flashback photos of like the Sunday mail, your, your first, you know, when you guys first started out, like, what's it feel like, you know, being back on tour after a few years where you guys were literally told you are not allowed to tour, you know, as, as how has that been? Is it, you know, what's the energy of the band like these days? The energy
2: is really, really good. I think there's the, the, the pandemic in a weird way, it was like the worst thing in the world as a, as a band Because, I mean, touring is really our bread and butter. It's how we make our living. Um, So that was brutal. But on the other hand, I mean, we got all of a sudden a lot of time just opened up where we've never had that kind of time to just sit in the studio and mess around with something until it, you know, until it clicked. Like, usually we've been, like, really under the wire. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. As a band, uh, our biggest enemy as a band, just in terms of, like, even our own dynamics and how we make records and our, our biggest enemy over time has not been us. It's been the um, time and money <laughs> and making the studio meant that we didn't have to worry about time or money. And so all of a sudden, you know, every record cycle, um, we run into this issue where, uh, you know, we'll come in with 50 demos and then we have to, whittle it down into a 10 song 11 song record and so inevitably you end up making these sort of king solomon decisions where you cut the baby in half and nobody's happy mm-hmm. um and this time it, it was just like we just recorded everything we wanted to record and so obviously this there's, there's plenty of stuff that didn't end up on cheers um that we're still got to figure out what to do with but um yeah i don't know things have never been better for the band in some ways it feels like we've come full circle and uh to me, this record has a lot more in common with our first record than any record since. There's like something about it that um, I think uh, in a few different ways matches up with the energy of our first album.
1: What about uh, thematically? I remember we talked about, um, Al, I'm sure I'll bring this up, when your solo record was very it talked about very dystopian type views. Talk about the themes of, because Cheers, you know, Sounds like a, you know, a positive, like, it's like hey, a nice, wow.
0: it's a nice mix. And I want to know if that was like either on purpose. I know you've talked, I think on like Instagram, you know, on social stuff but like, there's, it seems disjointed, but there is a through line. Like, can you talk a little more of like that? Like, I, I want to, I want to know more. Cause when you hear a Ben song versus a Tommy song, there's there, it's not the same energy is what I'm trying to say. It, totally. Totally. Um, so I had,
2: I had like a weird, um, you know, I I, I think uh, years ago it was like three three years ago. I think I was on a I was on a hike in California, and we had been dealing with some band stuff where we were just all on different pages. And I just ha- I remember I had this long hike, and I heard the I re- I started just kind of like singing through in my head the structure of what I thought our next record could be based on like the demos that we had floating around and that was basically the architecture for what ended up being the architecture for what this record turned into. And to me, it was like finding that right balance between just like the mega pop jams and also the kind of um, thematic, darker through line that we've had. Um, It's in my solo work, but also has been on jukebox records in the past as well. Yeah. Um, And just, I, all of a sudden it was like, I, you know, I'd had a decade where I couldn't figure out how to reconcile all those things. And I just heard it all of a sudden and how it could kind of flow and how it could all kind of work. Um, so to me, there was like a through line that really, I, uh, you know, I, I was really committed to and got everyone on board with, with the, um, century in the making, Hey, mod sequence to start things out. I knew that Ramona and us against the world played some kind of part in there. Um, and I felt like this machine everybody panic sequence and the raise a glass, how the world began cheers sequence were gonna paint like a really nice picture for the middle to end of the record where there's like this um tension and anxiety um kind of coming to a peak with machine, the machine and everybody panic, and then the sort of cathartic release of the raise a glass, how the world began cheers sequence. So I, I wanted it to feel like, um, you know, I grew up being a total Beatles freak. Um, and so, you know, when I think of a concept record, I don't even think of something like, um, you know, the, who's Tommy, let's say, I think of like Sergeant Peppers, which yeah. is like, kind of not a concept record yeah. also. Like if you actually, yeah. unless somebody told you it was a concept record, you might just be like, oh, they played that Sergeant Pepper song again at the end. That's fun, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, there, there's kind of a, a conceptual through line that makes it feel like it's bigger than just a collection of songs. So I think that's always been my um, biggest passion in the band is finding ways for our records to um, feel like they're not just 11 songs. you yeah. know.
0: and I text, I literally texted you, which Uh, that's like a humble brag that i could text you now (laughs) why did you give me your number that was the terrible idea um i texted you when the album came out and to let you know that everybody panic is i think maybe the best thing you've done so far i absolutely adore this song so much um how do you like is that did that feel like just like oh this is another this is another one for me or did like what are your feelings towards it now that it's out in the world and people are responding to it? Like, how, how do you feel about the song?
2: No, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just thrilled. People are enjoying it because yeah. um, I think that was, uh, um, you know, I, for some listeners of jukebox to go that one might come out of left field. You know, if you only listen to our top songs on Spotify, you might hear everybody panic and be like, whoa, what? Uh, just cause it's a little heavy and a little dark. Um but uh yeah i that was just a really fun full band effort and again one of those things that i don't know if it if it hadn't been a the pandemic if we would have spent the time to make it work for jukebox the ghost i came in with that as a pretty fleshed out demo but it wasn't um it was initially something that i was working on for my solo record another century wasted but i just i wanted to wait for jukebox to make it a reality and yeah. um Everybody just like really brought their game to it. And like, I'm, I, I owe Ben and Jesse a lot for their patience on that one because it was like a lot to chew on and there's a lot of different sections to wrap your head around. And they really like, um, were very accepting and enthusiastic of like giving something total different a try, you know?
0: Well, it would have worked. It would have worked on your album. It would have worked on a follow up to your album. I'm so glad you waited because it feels like something that will be in the lineup on every tour like that. It just has that feeling of you. You, awesome. have, you awesome. had a song. I, I try to remember the, the title of it. There is one that you do live. That is an older one. And I think the story is that you guys say before is like, Oh, Ben wrote all these cheery songs that I wrote like a, a dystopian rock opera when you yeah. were there. And, um, like that, again, it feels like a companion piece that to that track, which it escapes me for some reason.
2: That's awesome. No, they, I, I know what you're talking about. It's, it's, that is that static to the heart from our first static record Static to the heart? Yes. And which just
0: played live when I went to see you and it was excellent.
2: Part of my intention with I'm glad you hear that, because that yeah, part of my intention with uh, uh, Everybody Panic was to. Um, just to try doing something in that universe again and see if we could um, do something better or different in that space like with everything we've learned as a band since then so um yeah it, it, it's uh i'm really excited to play it live we um played a live uh, played on a live stream today for the first time and and uh that was really fun i got like my first taste of like no this is going to be this one's going to be really fun to take out on awesome. the road
0: yeah excellent
1: speaking of the road um take us through going back out for the first time because when we talked to you two years ago it was well, no one could go outside. We were all Mm -hmm. all stuck in. Now, can you talk about how you guys felt about like, okay, we've made a decision. I know you had pulled back a few times. You decided to pause the tour a few times, I believe. Um, How it felt to go back out for the first time, because I can only imagine how I felt, you know, not wearing a mask in Target for the first time last year. (laughs) (laughs) How that, you know, with plenty of space to hide in, you know, any aisle, how it would be to be in a you know open air or closed uh venue um that people are on top of each other like they were in the days of old like how how did that how did you guys feel about that
2: well i mean to be totally i'm 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 going to i feel like i haven't heard a lot of people talk about how weird it is yeah it's weird since since the pandemic yeah. and uh i mean this in every way there's 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 great parts And there's terrible parts. It is just like everything post-pandemic, it's a little chaotic um, and it's not the same. So our experience on our first tour back in the fall um, was just the incredible euphoria of actually playing for people for the first time again. And just like that, that feeling, which is irreplaceable, you know, live streams don't even do one One hundred thousandth of the feeling of playing In front of a room full of people Um, So that was amazing And then three days into our tour Our drummer Jesse gets COVID So we're like And you know and mind you this was a tour that we Had you know vax requirements And the audiences Were fully matched at that point Um, So We were really hoping that that Wouldn't be an issue and then yeah three days into The tour four days into the tour whatever it was Jesse gets COVID He quarantines in New Mexico. That's happened to be where he was when he tested positive. Um, Ben and I did a week's worth of duo acoustic shows. Then I got COVID. Um, I happened to test positive in Kansas City, Missouri. So then I was quarantining in Kansas City for 10 days. Ben and Jesse did a whole uh, week's worth of shows as a piano drums duo. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. <laughs> and then we ended the tour as a three-piece so basically if you bought tickets to that tour your odds were less than 50 percent that you were going to see all three members of jukebox the ghost
0: three-piece pad couldn't keep it together we couldn't keep it together
2: and so uh, my oh. yeah my opinion on post-covid touring is sort of like it's great if you're if your dice lands on, on you know dice lands on the right number you know what i mean it's yeah. like it's it's a toll roll of the dice. Um, this spring, we managed to, all three of us, you know, did not get, you know, another bout of the novel coronavirus. But, um, I mean, what a mess. So, I, I'm, I'm really hoping that, um, you know, either it gets super mild and just turns into a normal cold or there's some kind of new nasal spray or something. Because, to be honest, I don't know how many bands are going to do that.
1: So I got a a wild one for you. So we were going to shoot. We had a shoot for the Sum 41 Simple Plan tour, and it was a stop in Maryland. And right before that show, we got an email saying, well, the Sum 41 can't play because someone in the band has COVID. The only one who's sure doesn't have it is the drummer. So the drummer (laughs) is going to do his (laughs) own set before... And it's gonna be set. It's gonna be the drummer from some forty one. Set it off and simple plan. And I'm like, that's that's because I'm thinking like, okay, like I think it was it potentially was Derek Bleed singer didn't had. I'm like, well, they could do it without him and just figure it out. You know, other guys singing that band. No, it was just the drummer. And I was like, that is for someone. Who Imagine it was just out. Jesse. <laughs>
0: Oh my he god! Just, I'd love. I would love to see that actually. I would watch. I mean, listen. Uh, one of my favorite things. I mean, it sucked. It was terrible that Jesse had COVID. Hopefully, he knows that, and hopefully, he's not listening. Oh yeah, he's fine. To- he's, he's
1: fine. He's fine. No one's no, okay. like, yay! Someone got. No, it. no, no. But I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say
0: it's worth checking out on the jukebox, the ghost Instagram, or wherever you follow him on social, or just look him up on social. Uh, Jesse usually does the introduction, the beginning of. Hollywood one of my favorite songs that you guys do and um, he obviously wasn't there when you guys were the two-piece but you guys had him call in and do it you actually held the the phone to the microphone for the audience for him to do the introduction I thought that was amazing and it's kind of like it can only happen during this time and like one of those like kind of like bittersweet moments but it's absolutely worth checking out on uh, your <laughs> well again. just it's funny because we did that for
2: a full week where we would yeah you know conference call jesse into the the show and just hold it up to the microphone yeah. and like i i mean jesse jesse just oozes whatever his jesse is it's like this jesse's particular jesse charisma that every night it didn't matter what we did he's him on a speakerphone stole the show every night every time and he always had a new bit he was he's he's,
1: <laughs> he's, he's a funny guy he's very funny i guess oh when you're God. sitting in quarantine you're like i'm gonna nail this <laughs> I'm gonna rehearse yes. this all day i'm, I'm, I'm gonna waiting. kill it
2: sitting in his motel in new mexico yeah oh. dreaming what did you up this next bit
1: what did you do in kansas city for 10 days well more than you can do in new mexico i bet oh my
2: god i mean i i, I definitely had a bit of the brain fog so i i at first i was like i'm gonna do some reading and i'm gonna and, and I, I i kept trying and i was i kept forgetting where i was on the page and stuff so um anyways i ended up playing um Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong 3 emulator online the Amazing. entire, pretty much the entire good. week.
0: Good, good use, <laughs> great, great use of your time. Best
1: decision you've ever made. I did not beat it though, so I don't know. Oh, You're like, I watch a, a lot of Kansas City Royals games. I forgot <laughs> everyone who's on the team. It was not George Brett, but I thought he was there. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh man uh well you know let's take a, like, a short break from from jukebox i want to hear about the comic work I, you know since we last spoke um you released the candy hearts book i love it um so much yeah it's amazing i didn't buy it i, I think I, I bought a signed copy from you i don't know if that's still possible but you can check out uh we'll we'll have a link to tommy's uh website and socials yeah, well he's got two incredible two incredible books. Um I hope this helps. And then the uh is it just Candy Hearts? What, what's the uh, Yeah, it's just called yeah. Candy
2: Hearts. And Candy thank Hearts. you. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um so you know, how has it been since what are are you even considering a, a you know, a third one at the time or are you just you know just working through the Patreon and everything? Yeah,
2: no, I, I I, mean, I've I've actually I've done a lot of candy hearts since that book came out. So um, very much so. You know, I'm probably on my way to another book, um, but part of me feels like just why not just wait a little bit because mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's, it's nice to uh, I never want to oversaturate that concept. I love the candy hearts, but I also feel like if you look at too many of them in a row, you're kind of like, OK, I get it. You know, they don't like um, each other and they're cool yeah, too. yeah. They they're they love each other, but they don't get it, each other. Um
0: it <laughs> need so, therapy,
2: <laughs> yeah. So I like mix I, I, I like mixing it up. So I've yeah. got a lot of candy hearts on the on the on my sitting around on my iPad that I've drawn and just haven't done anything with. And um, yeah, other than that, I mean I'm trying to get better at animation. So that has been my project that. for Incredible. the years. So just dipping my toe in the water and seeing if I have a voice in that realm. Cause you know, apparently all social media is pivoting hundred percent to video. And so yeah. I've, it took me a while to accept that. And now I'm going, um, okay, well, if that's true, then maybe there's a way I can have fun with it. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, trying to find a, uh, a, a good workflow with animation, which is obviously much more time consuming than just drawing one picture. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm in a I'm in a phase right now where it's a little bit of a, a a new playground. I'm trying to mess around with animation. Still keep a little bit of a workflow with comics. Somehow my um I for anyone listening who is not who has not followed this, which is probably everybody. Um, there's I I, I had a series about for the last year and a half or so where I would draw realistic birds um cuz i am a birder and so yeah. i was i was drawing realistic birds but then i would give them a big human ass and human legs and realistic. post them and post them online with just sort of the commentary of like like hey i'm trying to get better at drawing realism like you know do you have any constructive criticism you know
0: <laughs> constructive only um, constructive
2: which somebody always chimes in which i love like yeah. somebody who's like actually that's wrong <laughs> They don't, birds don't have that. Um, <laughs> the
1: Oriole does obviously does not have an ass like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They have a great ass, but it doesn't look like that. I <laughs> like that. No, um, so, anyways, somehow that has become a thing. And, um, I did, I released a bird calendar last year that, um, yeah, turned out to be kind of the focus of that, of like last fall, totally unexpectedly. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of mess, just kind of messing around. I'm enjoying I, the definitely the, the, the focus this spring was the, the release of Cheers. And now I've got a summer to kind of go like, OK, what 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 the hell am I doing?
0: Well, I'm going to give you my, my free idea here and you can take it. Ah, OK, whatever. I right? need here it. I need all it. Right. Well, you have this like, again, the the way your mind works, you have the, the rock opera mentality and all this kind of stuff. And then you have another talent, which you could draw as someone who's literally wearing a comic book t-shirt right now, why aren't you drawing a a comic? Like putting your storytelling and your, your art skills into like an independently owned comic book. Totally. You gotta get, you gotta do it, man. I should do that. I've never thought,
2: you know, I, I, so I, uh, something I've struggled with is I, I haven't trained my brain yet to think um long form with comics yet i'm so stuck in single panel realm that's how my brain works i don't know if that's just adhd but um i'm like all about the single panels and like the like here's your gag bam you're in you're out but in theory someday i would i would I, that's a i i i think that's a really good nudge cuz uh I, I i would love to make a long form comic i've just never had an idea where i was like i'd like to
0: flesh that out for you know, more than one panel. You jumped right into animation, like you skipped over the like the middle <laughs> part. You're like, no, yeah. I got this. I well, got my a-
2: although my the animated content I've done so far isn't doesn't really have a, a cohesive narrative through line, I wouldn't say. Still so, still
0: still really good.
2: <laughs> it's just mostly just involves like me talking like an old man. That's basically every animation is just me saying nonsense. And
1: then animating behind it. That's all I figured uh, out so far. You sound like the old uncle from Christmas Vacation. Thank you. <laughs> there One thing we talked about the last podcast, you were talking in regards to your art, you were talking about your relationship with social media and putting out your art and like, kind of like the anxiety you sort of had an uncomfortableness with it because you're like trying to keep going and keep producing, but you also kind of hated that at the same time do you still find that or is since you've released you know two books in a calendar of bird asses you that you're just like hey man i'm good you know it's i'm okay with it now or you still feel weird about it because i feel weird about everything so
2: yeah no i feel i feel very weird about it i think it's better now because I, I feel like at least it's more out in the open now yeah uh, i feel like everybody's talking about it so that that makes me at least feel like okay hey, we all have a complicated relationship with it you know so um I appreciate that. There was a period of time there where I was like, does everyone know that this is bad that we're all doing this, you know? And now it seems very odd. Everyone's like, Oh yeah, it's really bad. (laughs) Going to keep
1: doing it. But yeah.
2: Yeah. So I think it's just like, everyone seems aware that we're trying to find ways to um, manage our relationship with it, where we can get the benefits without the drawbacks. And that's a really hard line to draw, you know? So I
0: agree. Yeah, uh, cir- circling back as we can go down the rabbit hole of how bad social media is for our collective what? consciousness. It's great. It's so it's great. We're doing good. Uh, it's
1: your job in social media? How? I don't want to talk about. It. But anyway, <laughs> so
0: let's, <laughs> let's let's get past that. I did want to bring this up because uh, it, it's a good way to close it out, but at the same time, because uh, it's super hyper local to things that Bill and I care about. But you guys are podcast. <laughs> you guys are opening for almost queen. I know, isn't that isn't that amazing? Insane.
1: Well, I, Al I, told Al told me and that and he's like, oh, jukebox is opening for uh, for almost queen. I'm like, that's a misprint. That the- <laughs> made, dude. I said, don't even because I didn't see the po- poster or anything. And I'm like, that's yeah. a misprint. They just put the wrong band. They're not opening up. And he's like, no, you yeah, uh, you asshole. It's like here's the link. It's right here. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, we should go to that show. <laughs> well, because it's in our backyard. It's in our backyard. It's literally yeah, in yeah, our backyard. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, we have to go. And so.
0: Again, i that's that's pre Cheers announcement, I believe. That's pre you know album announcement, everything. Why? Where? How? Like why? How did this? Listen,
2: come about? that was this a is... weird. That was a weird one. Yeah, we so they are for almost Queen is like. I mean, they're like kind of like the preeminent ultimate Queen cover band in the U.S. Mm-hmm. um They're the, the Brit they Floyd.
0: Are... The Brit Floyd for yeah. Queen.
2: They are amazing. They're so good. Um, we coincidentally have a fan and slash friend of the band who um is the lighting person for Almost Queen. Through that, we had met them a couple of times and they sent it as kind of like a I don't know, maybe you'd be into this. And like, to be honest, like we've I mean, you know, they do this huge blowout concert in you know, in New Jersey, like kind of annually. Um, and it's just not really an audience that we would, I think, would ever really normally encounter us. So I think it's going to be great. It's just sort of, um, we're going to play a set of originals. Like we're not going to be a queen cover band. Um, cause the, <laughs> which, they, I mean, they which would just kick- even
0: weirder. Like, yeah, like, crazy I know, weird. I know.
2: I, I, I do feel like we're going to have to powwow with them and find out, like, is there one song that we can play that you're not playing? Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a real. That's a really, really funny show. Like, and um, cover "Princess of
1: the Universe" from Highland. <laughs> there I you go. It, because that intro is so badass. And <laughs> of that song just goes off some sort of vaudevillian rails, that I don't get. But the beginning, Sweet.
0: great. <laughs> Dude, that's a, that's a deep cut. Respect. I respect. I love Highland. Okay. It it makes zero sense for you guys to be there and not do something Queen related, even if it's the, joining them for a song, because. Uh, as anyone who's a fan of the band You guys open for Queen almost Annually um, we do. You, you, you perform uh, a full set As Jukebox the Ghost and then you guys Disappear and then Queen comes out And it's crazy um, So you have this relationship with the You know the OG band We need to uh, you know have you guys perform <laughs> With almost Queen <laughs> Yeah that's going to be a really funny show That's yeah. going
2: to be a really funny show And then we've got we, we do have a New York show uh, In the fall after that that's um uh hush hush for now but i believe it's going to be announced in a week or two so
0: okay you're good nice. perfect uh, that's awesome um and is that the official hollow queen correct girl, potentially yeah
1: correct Does the venue awesome. rhyme with smadison square schnarden <laughs> i i schmish <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: where is the uh, you guys are doing a, an album uh kind of like album release show or or you said you uh you're getting ready for something we are
2: yeah we've been rehearsing in here to uh in the room behind me to prepare for this album release show we're going to try and play the record from front to back nice um but yeah that said baby's all right in um in in brooklyn we're super pumped about it. it's a you know very intimate um venue so
0: should be a good time very very cool venue well tommy it's been absolutely amazing we don't want to hold you up you have to prepare you have to learn a whole album front to back
2: (laughs) (laughs) well thanks again for having me this is really fun to chat with you guys again and
1: uh yeah touch base again it's it's almost ridiculous that you come on and like talking to us so it's like we're just sitting here like true it's very true all right we'll just bring you on every like 80
0: uh, episodes or so that sounds great check in every two years see what's going on god I hope we're not doing this in two years. Sorry, Bill. I hope we're not doing this. I've been doing, doing this site
1: for thirteen years. It's I understand that. So this is
0: like the longest running consecutive thing we've ever done on the site. That's awesome. I know it's crazy. That's great, uh, Tommy. Thank you again. Uh, Cheers from Jukebox the Ghost is now out on every streaming platform possibly imaginable. You can go see Jukebox the Ghost on tour uh, with the album. And you can see them uh, open for Almost Queen at the Stone Pony Summer Stage. Uh, later this summer, we will provide details in the article that accompanies this podcast episode or put
1: it in the description below. Uh, Bill, anything you want to say? And do you want to close this out? Well, Tommy, uh, just for anyone who may be hearing you for the first time, where can people find your artwork? On And yeah, like on Twitter, uh, Instagram, all the great places they can find you.
2: Yeah, so um, if they want to find my artwork, it's just under my name, which is at Tommy Siegel, uh, T-O-M-M-Y-S-I-E-G-E-L. And if they want to find the band, that's under at Jukebox the Ghost on all available platforms.
0: Um, Yeah. And that's Jukebox the Ghost, not Juice Box and Toast. Correct. Totally different thing. that's 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 a VIP treatment that we need to resurrect again at some point. I got a
2: good one recently where someone thought we thought our band name was Tupac the Ghost, which I
1: even better. Have, really good. <laughs> there's it's a hollow, good. there's a Halloween show for you. Um, could be an wow. open. Who knows? Wow. Ooh. No. I I advise against that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think we could do Tupac justice. I'm going to be no. I'm going to be honest. <laughs>
1: I am also, I am I'm also honored that. Hey, going back to when we first interviewed you guys back for the hop sauce festival. on We talked about that. <laughs> um, back. In the right. day, Al yeah. still has the, the banner I created. <laughs> yep. For I have, that
0: show. I have the signed vinyl of your, of the self. Is it the self titled with? yeah, uh, Yeah. 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 I, you guys were again, amazing. And I was, I, it was the first time I saw you live. It was the first time I actually get to hear you guys and I was blown away. And that's the reason you're on this podcast for a second time is that one stop at hop sauce. That's
2: great. Line. That's great. We had a blast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't,
1: I don't so, think I'd put two, two together. That's great. So um, thank God for a hot sauce and craft beer festival for us to. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 I love that. What were we going to say, Tom? You want to say something? No, no. That, oh, that's okay. awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, for for myself for bill for tommy siegel thank you for listening to the socially distanced podcast and we will see you next week when we talk about obi-wan probably some more take care